Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair with three guests as usual. Uh, the first guest is back by popular demand, our most popular podcast guest, as voted by you, the listeners. And it is the wonderful Lisa Rubinowitz. Welcome back, Lisa. You had to come back after all. Were you, were you signing autographs at the Etihad at the weekend? I was beating them off with a stick. Well done. Yeah. You're looking well on it. And difficult for me, because we have a Stephen and a Steve, but you can tell them apart, because one has 15,200 followers on Twitter, and the other has 299. Welcome to Mr. Popular himself, Steve Cox. 299. Yeah, just there. One for the 300. Yep. Yeah. Nearly there. Nearly there. It's good to see you. I'll have to get my mum on Twitter. Good idea. And uh, Mr. 15,500 almost. My mum signed up 14,500 times. So, Is Steve's mum following you on Twitter? No, she has no idea what Twitter is. Bless her. A view from a blue. But she's a big blue. She's there she at the is. games with you, I think. I she think is. I've seen her there with you. You have. Season ticket holder. Very good. Now listen, we're, we're top of the league. One game in, three points, maximum points... Probably, and you're going to tell me, no, we're not top of the league because someone's scored more goals. But we're, you're right, we're second, all right, we're second equal in the league then. Um, being serious for a moment, first game under our belts under Pep. How would you assess things then, Stephen, after the first game? You, are you really satisfied, excited, or was that a bit of a disappointing performance? I think it's a bit of everything. It was, it was okay. Uh, I think we can see that clearly he's going to try things he's going to implement some new ideas and that will obviously take time and I'm sure we all accept that it wasn't sparkling in any way it wasn't brilliant football that we played I know we controlled the game had all the possession we didn't actually create too many chances Um, and I think if you'd have replaced Guardiola's name with Pellegrini and said and watched the game and and followed on from last year you'd have said it was quite predictable lots of the ball not too many chances quite vulnerable to a counter-attack the flip side is he's tried something completely new we'll discuss I'm sure fullbacks in central midfield and people popping up where we didn't expect them to so it's I think it was important for him to get the win early on because if he'd have tried some of those things and we'd have drawn home to Sunderland he may have been not under pressure obviously but some criticism would have come his way so important three points and we know we're going to get better Got away with it, really, Lisa, didn't we? Because, you know, an own goal in the 87th minute is, uh, could easily have been a draw and we could have been sitting there having a, a slightly different conversation, potentially. 
Yeah, I was getting a little bit concerned towards the end, but um, I think the results at this stage was the most important thing. I, we can see that things are going to be very different, and, and whilst I do agree that quite a lot of it was similar to Pellegrini in terms of lots of possession, but actually not creating that much and looking pretty vulnerable at the back at times, I still feel a lot more hopeful because I can see that he's trying to do something different. Um, some of the things I may agree with, others I might not. But, um, yeah, I think really the result, regardless of how we got it, was the most important thing. What stood out for you particularly then, Steve, in terms of what were the positives for you then? Um, well, Aguero seemed quite sharp. I think the ball seemed to move a bit faster than it did last year. I realise I take Stephen's point on board about the Pellegrini. You could have imagined it being a Pellegrini team, but um, we pressed a lot harder in the first half. We certainly tried to win the ball back very, very quickly when we lost it, which is something we didn't do quite so much last year. Um, weird Kolarov appearing in defence, really, because we're used to seeing him much further up the pitch and failing to get back. And strange that Pep's identified him as somebody perhaps he could use as a, a makeshift centre-half. But actually it seems to be working, to be fair. We were talking about this off-air, that he's taken Kolarov, who struggled defensively, and given him more defensive responsibility. And yes, it's makeshift, and I'm sure as soon as Otamendi or, or company are fit, then he's not going to play there. But it worked to a degree and yeah. we know he's comfortable moving forward and there were times that the space opened up for our two centre-backs it, it's not a long-term solution no. and honestly I'm staggered that he's still at the club uh, but if Pep's seen something in him that he thinks he can mould then you know that's what he's there for and we need to give Lisa the opportunity don't we to say something positive here is her opportunity being on the show for two years here is her opportunity to say something positive about Kolarov he played quite well Thank you. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to you all next week. I was pleasantly surprised. However, I don't particularly relish the thought of watching him play against Ibrahimovic, for example. Um, I think it's easy to say he had a decent game and think that we've got a solution. I don't think it's a solution. But again, I'd be delighted, maybe the wrong word, but I wouldn't mind being wrong. Yeah, But we know, listen, yeah, it's a short-term it solution. It's, it's not long-term, but as you say, it, it seems to have worked. And uh, certainly Pep was talking in positive, positive tones about his performance, but he would, wouldn't he? You know, he would talk all of that up. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess ultimately, what do we take from Saturday? We take three points and we take the fact that we know it's a work in progress. Not all of the players that have been purchased have yet had an opportunity. There's a couple of them out injured. And it's going to take time for some of those ideas and methods to bed in. And, you know, I'm quite positive with the fact that Sunderland actually used to be one of our bogey teams. We've got three points. Well, well let's pick up. Let's talk about... So Stephen touched on it, and I think it's important we do talk about it, because I was completely gobsmacked where we saw where our full-backs were, were playing. And, and I said to my mate, sort of next to me, I said, well, what position would you call that? Um, he actually said fine leg, which is probably quite a good answer, because <laughs> I can't think of a footballing term. And, and, and listen... I've, I've seen what, it described online, inverted full-back. Is that what it is? Thank mm. you. Uh, but... Strange, but you could see very early on what was happening. Yep. I presume, and I've read, and I would recommend everyone should read Pep Confidential, which was the story of Guardiola's first season at Bayern and all the, the ideas that he tried to, to implement there. And I think the logic is, if we've got the ball, then the two full-backs going into a midfield role and the midfielder Fernandinho dropping deeper and the centre-back splitting, it gives us more men and means we've always got control. And if we don't have the ball, then they drop back to a normal four. 
but it conversely means that you've got Sanya and Clichy who are defensive, fairly limited fullbacks by trade who saw so much of the ball and they're not going to create and we know that they're not in the team to create but they seem to spend a lot of time in possession whereas Fernandinho seemed to spend a lot of the game very deep mm. and didn't wasn't able to utilise his energy or his creativity. So you can see what was happening, but I'm not sure it... Uh, and is, is the downside that defensively we're, we're potentially at risk as well? If they're sort of pushing on the whole time, you know, if we're going to be playing against maybe a no disrespect to Sunderland, as they often say, you know, if we're going to play with a side who've got sort of quicker, quicker guys up front, that we're going to potentially get caught? Is that the danger? I, mean, I, can, I can understand it going forward, but um, defensively we're, we're not the strongest at the better times. Well, and having... You need to react quickly. I think that, that would be the key to it. I think Stephen's point, absolutely right. That principle probably works better when you have perhaps slightly better personnel and and at Bayern he probably had better personnel for that Um, I think maybe they might improve but Saturday's showing they kind of lost the ball a few times they did get caught a couple of times you were excited by it you're worried about it it's just a bit bizarre I couldn't quite work it what the point of it was I mean I understand what potentially the point of it was but I didn't really know that I saw it and actually to think that I think we could especially if we're Kolarov in that position at the moment we would really run the risk of getting caught out because he couldn't cope with being a fullback when he was a fullback so I'm not really sure what he'd do if he was caught can, can I talk about something that did excite me? And, and I think John Stones' debut. I, I love the look of John Stones. I think he really looked a class act. He looked in no trouble. He looked comfortable on the ball. I just thought it was a fantastic debut, and I, I'm delighted he's, he's with us. I think, yes, I agree. He was culpable a little bit for Defoe's goal, in that he, he, he did make a, a rather rash decision to, to go out and, and went to ground and, and got left for dead a little bit. But other than that, I didn't really see him put a foot wrong, and, and he looks like he's a snip at £47 million. Pounds. Yeah. Well, it didn't have too much to do. Again, with Kolarov, you'd want, I'm not sure you'd want to see Kolarov tested because we know how that would end up. But you can see if the onus is going to be on the defenders to be comfortable in the ball and bring it out from the back, you can see why he bought stones. He's just very, very calm. I think Otamendi actually will be similar. Happy, comfortable with the ball at feet. Stones... It's such a protracted saga and he'll just be thrilled to get here. And we, he will make mistakes. He's the type of defender who takes a few risks and at some point he'll probably be culpable for a couple of goals and you just have to accept that because in there is a player who could be our centre-back for 10, 12 years. Good professional way in which he was announced to, uh, to the fans <laughs> in, yeah. in our sort no, of Champions no League squad that's, that's, that's not great PR is it just you know don't wish to be critical of our fantastic club but that's a bit of a bit of a faux pas isn't it is, that, bit the, basic? is that the club's fault or is that UEFA's fault really the, because the, I think I think it might have been that there was a timing I think there was a timing issue on they had to actually give UEFA the squad ready for this Tuesday because they had to, to, to make that squad for then I think UEFA put that up and, and potentially um, the timing and maybe somebody should have said to them you know we can't really publicise that one there really before tomorrow but they probably should have checked what time it was yeah. going to be yeah. put on the website yeah. you're excited by Stones? yeah I was really actually quite impressed with him um, looks very assured but and all the hype that surrounded him coming before I wasn't actually I couldn't quite see it and I was pleased to see something in him that I, I can understand why 
Guardiola wanted him, but and there are he definitely has a potential calamitous mistake in him in every game at the moment, and I don't know whether that will change. But and I think that the only problem with that and the way the defence and keeper are at the moment is that we are relying on scoring more than we concede. And at the moment, we don't seem to be creating enough chances to rely on that yet. And that's why I think in the next few games, we might have a few uncomfortable results. I mean, he kind of fits into a bit of the mould of a City central defender because Otamendi and company, for the most part, are very, very steady players. However, they're both liable to make the odd mistake every once in a while that leads to a howler. I'm not even going to cover it, my Mangala, but... Well, yeah, we may have seen the last of him anyway when we come on to the, uh, the squad for uh, the Star Bucharest game. As we know, he's, he's not, been, uh, not been included. Uh, can I go back a bit as well? And, and again, it would be remiss of me not to mention uh, Joseph Hart's name um, on this podcast. Um, and there'll be different views around the table, I guess. I mean, Steve, do you, do you want to kick off? Is, are we, is the yeah. last we've seen him in a lime uh, green shirt? Yeah, I, th- I think you're probably right. I, uh, Hart, as, as I've always said on, on this podcast, he always worries me when he's in possession and he's going to distribute the ball because he normally hoofs it out or kind of finds a City player or puts us into some kind of danger that we needn't be in. And, and he's just not... He is a brilliant shot, shot stopper. He's the kind of guy you really need there in goal when there's somebody bearing down on it because he makes himself big. But his one failing is he's never addressed his ability to distribute the ball properly. And he doesn't seem to do it quickly but and one, responsibly. One could argue that if Pep's going to teach Kolarov to be a centre-back, why can't he teach Joe Hart to, to you know, have know. one touch and distribute it properly? I, mean, I, I know it maybe sounds a bit basic, but if he's the best shot... Mm. I can't say either shot shot stopper we've got, then why can't Pep work on him and get the team working with him on his distribution? Because I suspect it's not just about his poor distribution. Um, And again, this is all speculation and going to be hilarious when he turns up in goal tomorrow, but um, I I think it's far more likely to be more about his personality or a clash of personalities or his ego or whatever you want to call it than it is just about the distribution because if he is yes if he is going to not give up on Kolarov I don't see why he would just give up on Hart because of that yeah. so sounds the, the, the likely yeah reason, I, doesn't it? I think there's been so much talk ever since Guardiola was announced and we knew he was coming that we were after a new goalkeeper whether it's Bravo whether it's Ter Stegen whoever there were so many rumours that either Hart was going to stay and be number two or going to leave that I think it is more than an issue about distribution because reality is we're not... Guardiola's not expecting the keeper to be like De Bruyne or Silva. You don't need to be on the ball that much. It's probably three or four passes a game just out to your centre-backs instead of hoof it. And as Steve has said, if you can mould Kolarov into a centre-back, I'm sure you can damn well teach Joe Hart how to pass a ball ten yards. It has to be something beyond that, whether it's personality, which would be strange because he, Guardiola clearly has decided before he's met Hart. Uh, and he's seen how good Hart's been, especially in the Champions League, where he saved us countless times. We know he's a good shot stopper. He's the best English keeper by a distance, albeit with a poor Euros in the summer. It has to be something beyond his kicking. Uh, I just find it strange and I don't think he's been treated well. He's a better goalkeeper than Caballero. If you're going to get rid, get rid. 
but don't drop him to the bench because it, it just it doesn't sit very well. And he's also one of the few players to have a connection with the fans. And I know that you should take emotion out of it to a degree and Guardiola's ruthless and he's paid to make tough decisions. But there aren't many players in that squad who have a bond with the fans who come over after every game and acknowledge the support. And I think to take out one of the leaders in the dressing room, it, it's just an odd decision. Could, but but could, you've, made, you've made the point, haven't you, Stephen, that you know, there may well be something that's been said. I think Lisa made the point, is that is there some sort of clash there? There's something, I think, I think Rob Behrens last week on the podcast said, there's something in the body language. There's something that's gone on there. We, but listen, we're fans, what do we know? We, we can only sit here and speculate. It, it might be that he is one of the leaders in the dressing room. Mm-hmm. It might be that Guardiola wants to kind of stamp... I mean, it sounds like he wants to kind of stamp that out in a way, like have, not have cliques, not have, which I completely understand and it sounds great in theory, but you might get some resistance. And I... OK, we're, we're all speculating. I don't know Joe Hart. I've never met him. Like, he might, he might be <laughs> perfectly... You know, they might get on perfectly well. But, the, you know, I understand what you're saying about him being treated badly, but if we don't know the full story, it could be that he's behaved badly. It could even be that, um, that there, there are words said that it, it, it's almost like it, an undroppability. Well, actually, I'll show you that you are, drop, you are droppable and therefore everybody else in the team suddenly thinks, well, hang on a minute, I do need to play at my best because he's not afraid to get rid of Hart, therefore he could get rid of me. That's, a, that's one theory that I've also heard. He did it at Barcelona with, I think, Ronaldinho and Deco, fan favourites, who he got rid of straight away, Aneto, to bring through the kids from the academy now it looks as if we're going to go after a new keeper bravo is the latest link today he's 33 seems an, just an unusual decision to bring in someone who will maybe be here for two three years and get rid of of someone who is a, at the end of the day a very very good goalkeeper who is better than most at stopping the ball going in his net yeah all right well uh Legend around this table, as we know. Um, he's won as what? Two Premier Leagues. He's got us to the semi final of the Champions League. He's won a couple of League Cups and a charity shield. Where would he go, actually? Just posing the question Everton. if he left. Everton. I heard Sevilla as well was another option. Just close can't, to Everton. I can't see him going abroad. Doesn't seem that sort of open minded. I said Everton. What's your view then, Stephen? I don't think it would, we'd let him go to anyone above Everton. Ask. I mean, ask Liverpool potentially, you know, carry us their new number one's injured, but I, I don't see him joining Liverpool. He's not going to join any of the big four. It, it might be Everton. We shall discuss it, I'm sure, in, in future weeks. I mean, you made the point, Lisa, actually, he could well turn up tomorrow night between the sticks at Starby Bucharest. I mean, he's still. Okay, he was dropped for the league game. It doesn't mean to say he's not going to play him. I mean, it seems unlikely at the moment, but, you know, it's all speculation. It's all. Yeah. Chatter until it actually happens. So. Let's talk about one of the new boys we've not mentioned. Because Nelito had his uh, had his debut as well. Uh, not seen much of him until till the weekend. Anybody got any particular thoughts on? Was he a six, seven out of ten? Didn't do much. Was all right. I thought he was six, six and a half out of ten. Yeah. I, again, hadn't seen him at all really before the Euros and then the weekend. I think he he clearly knows the system. He's played or trained with Guardiola before at Barcelona B, so we'll understand what's being asked of him in terms of pressing and passing and, and what he needs to bring. And you could see he was very comfortable dropping out wide on the left to receive the ball. No left foot is what I observed every time was cutting into his right. But seems willing. Um, 
I don't think he stood out in any way. He might get better. He might just be a standard six, seven out of ten every week, but we'll see. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um, so in terms of... Uh, we've, talked, we've talked goalkeeper. We've talked sort of back four. We've talked, in, thank you for that, inverted fullbacks. I, I, I just couldn't... Better than fine lake, for sure. Uh, thank you for that. We haven't really talked very much about then sort of the midfield and what, what happened beyond that. And uh, just interested to get, get a view. I don't know whether you would agree with the other pundits of who the man of the match was. I'm, I'm not convinced myself of... Everybody was talking about uh, Raheem Sterling being man of the match. I think of was like a most improved or best effort. You know, you know the sort of kid at school who kind of wasn't great, but sort of they gave him that prize. He was, he was so crap at the Euros and had so much stick. I think that's the reason he got man of the match. I don't think he was our best player, particularly. He, he was definitely much better than he was in the Euros and so most for improved, us last season. Most, yeah. I'm right then, most improved. Yeah, then. I would agree. But um, I think if it helps to boost his confidence and I don't really care if it was given to him rather than somebody else but he he definitely looks a better player already and I just hope it continues because I if he's not significantly better by Christmas time I mean even before that probably there's going to be there's plenty of other players who can take his place now so I mean I, di- I didn't see him as a nine out of ten but I saw certainly saw him as somewhere between a seven and an eight he stuck out more for me than Alito did and that, that would be my sort of take on it and much improved from what, how he was playing at the end of last season and in the Euros so yeah. Who is your I don't, man? I don't necessarily want to be cynical Stephen on Sterling I thought he was okay again had his won as the penalty early on um, I think got to the byline once in the second half and pulled a cross over but I'm struggling to remember too much outside of that not a go at him I, I don't think as a team we played that well he was probably as you know, as decent as anybody. Um, you could argue that Navas actually had more of a constant threat when he came on and we looked more likely to create something from the right. I think, as Lisa said, it's a big year for Sterling. There was so much negativity around probably the second half of last season for City and then the Euros, he, he was turned into a scapegoat. He's clearly got something about him. I think if Guardiola can bring out that fearlessness that you know, take on defenders, commit them. You might lose the ball occasionally, but you can create something. It's a big year because if he disappoints again, then you know, you'd have to think about his City future. But I thought he was okay. Nothing more, nothing less. Because I had Navas as my man of the match. I didn't play the whole game. I think he changed, genuinely changed the game. Frustrating again with his end product. Well, he made, the, his cross. He, made, he made the winning goal, but he had four crosses before that that hit the first man. But then if he does keep getting into the positions, it only needs one to come off. Exactly. And he might actually be a slight antidote to the Guardiola system of keep the ball, maybe be a bit conservative, give it to Silva and De Bruyne. Yeah. Navas, we know he stays out wide, we know he's quick. Uh, he might just offer that something different more consistently this year. I'd love to have given it to Paddy McNair, actually, because, you know, first touch came on. He ran on well, thought, if he looked, looked fit, looked, had been tanned from his holes. And uh, first touch, what a cracking header. All, always loved Paddy McNair. Always one of my favourite players. So, uh, so Navas or Paddy McNair, who, who's your man of the match? Navas. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think, but Navas, I think, did this a lot last season as well and got a lot of unfair criticism. He often made a difference when he came on. Um, and I think he, for the, certainly for the first five, ten minutes he came on at the weekend, we looked far more of a threat than we had done for the rest of the game. And I think you made the point, 
Steve, about kind of the, the others, kind of the De Bruyne's, the, the Agueros, the Silvers, who, who were, were kind of not exactly invisible. You know, they had some nice touches, but they were disappointing. I, listen, I know we've played 90 minutes of football. We've got, got a whole season ahead of us, but, you know, we, we get excited by these players. These are world-class players who were, who were OK. Yeah, but then it's the first game of the season. They haven't had as much of a pre-season as some of the other clubs. We had a game cancelled. It, it just... I think it's early days yet. I think they're trying to adapt to this new system. The bit that I enjoyed was seeing them chase the ball down and on a few occasions we profited from that and, and that's something that I like seeing. Well, it's, that brings me on to a, a point very nicely. On the train coming back, a bit of a shout-out for some guys who have helped me with the preparation for the podcast because we were sort of discussing ideas and so on. So to, to Dave and James and Jamie, thank you for your help. Hope you got home safely. Uh, there's your shout-out. Uh, enjoy the show. Listen in every week. Uh, we were talking about Pep saying he wants people to play with soul. And we were trying to think of what he meant by that. Was, is that the player who just runs his ass off all day long and chases every single ball? And, and we tried to come up with players who have wore the sky blue shirt uh, with soul. So some of the names we came up with, and see if you can add any to the list. Uh, Paul Dickoff played with soul. You're all nodding yeah. enthusiastically. Yeah. Um, Carlos Tevez played mm-hmm. with soul. Yeah. Less nods. Craig Bellamy. Yeah, 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 okay, all right then. I'm going to give you two more, then it's over to you. So, uh, so um, Danny Tiato played with soul. Not much skill, no, not too many nods on that one, okay. Final one, Pablo Zabaleta. Yeah. Any others? Any others? Zabaleta's a different type of soul. I think Zabaleta is more crunching into challenges. You can see how much it means to him. The other four on your list kind of press high, run at people, close down. But it's what fans like to see. And if, it, if you, know, you look at the current squad, it's probably Fernandinho does that, Delft does that, cliche. Yeah. If they do it and get the fans behind them and, and lift the atmosphere, then great. But you could see even Aguero and De Bruyne were, were just charging around. Mm. They're not going to be able to keep that up 50 games a season, especially Aguero if, if he's on his own every game. But you could see that they were clearly working as a team and had been told to do it. And we're following orders, which is great. Any other soul players that have sort of sprung to mind? Steve or Lisa? We can move on. If not, I've kind of come up with four or five. And uh, you go out S- struggling, struggling to think. But then you, you kind of go back to the days of the second division and Andy I'm Morrison. He, Andy he, Morrison he, he, played, yeah. he played with the soul, <laughs> and his soul just said, "You ain't coming past." <laughs> well, I love it. Listen, um, I've got something to read out here. This is this is very exciting, actually. Um, so w- whatever you do in your spare time, whatever your hobbies you have, bin them, is what it says here. There's a new game in town. So this is FanDuel. It's a brand new take on fantasy football, and I can't get enough of it, it says here, um, of course. So this is, like, forget the standard season-long fantasy where you're stuck with your ropey team for months on end. FanDuel leagues only last a day or a weekend. So you start afresh every week, basically. So, like, new team, new contest, new prizes. So you're not stuck for the whole season. You can do it week on week. Pick your team from this weekend's fixtures, any formation you want. Just stay under the virtual salary cap of £100 million. Player salaries change every week, so you need to be on point with your pick. So that's the idea. Get the idea. So it's fan jewels, I say. Um, there's a special offer for new users. Enter your promo code, which is MANCITYSHOW. And FanDuel will refund your entry fee if you lose up to £10. So you get double the chance to prove that you're, that you're better than me. Um, there you are. So FanDuel, sign up. And as I say, the, uh, the promo code for, for us is 
Man City show. Um, so enjoy that, and we'll uh, we'll keep you updated on that each week. Um, let's let's move forward then to we've got a game actually Tuesday night this week um, uh, in the Champions League um, playoff. Is it called playoff? What's it called? It's not. It's, it's not playoff. Qualifying, qualifying is it qualifying round? round? I, think, I, think, I think actually playoff is the right is the right word. It doesn't it. seem it doesn't right. feel right, but I think yeah, it big is. Game, though. Big game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so just before we go on, I think there's some uh, omissions from the squad. Um, just to read out so, so Deneo which is an interesting one because we felt this could be his season to come through but it's looking uh, curtains for him uh, Mangala Nazri Bonnie and Young Yaya um, so those five have not made the squad but it's only the squad for this playoff mm. game it's Correct. not the squad for the Champions League yep. itself but does should that, we get through well well does that give you any... Should we just ignore that then and say Bonnie will be playing 47 no, games no, this I, season I, I, for us? I don't think so, but I don't think you can read as much into it as you might do. There could be players there that he's identified not ready for this game, for this week or next week's game, and they just need to wait until the, the, the sort of division start, the league start. But if I were a betting man, which I'm not... Um, you are with FanJewel, obviously. Uh, do you know what? Yeah. I was just about to say that. You just took the words out of <laughs> my mouth. I am very, very good. Uh, correct. But, you know, Mangala, Nazri, Bonnie, those three, yeah. let's, let's be honest, they, they've, yeah. they've gone, haven't they? Well, yeah. they, they weren't on the list that UEFA published very early for us exactly. at all, whereas, the, whereas Denea and Torre were. Yeah. So yeah. they were obviously still in contention. So let's talk about Denea and, and, and Yaya then, and, and, and your thoughts on them and their future. So, so where do they sit? Because they kind of, I think we probably all felt, as you said, this year for Denea, he'd come back and replace Demichelis in the squad, and you know would be the fourth centre back. And with Company's injuries and Mangala's iffiness, can we say then he'd get his chances? But he's barely played in pre-season. He's seen Kolarov at centre back, Ada Rabio at centre back doesn't look very promising for him at all at City. Um, Mangala, you'd imagine, will be off if they get a, a decent bid for him. Nasri, Pep said that you know he's struggling to train and he's come back a bit overweight. And then he said today or yesterday that he's been amazing the last few days in training. So he's clearly playing a psychological game there. I always actually, hands up, thought Nasri, if he had the right attitude... Pep would like him because he's the type of player with a bit between his teeth who does have personality and, and does keep the ball and creates chances and scores. But if he's come back overweight and not having looked after himself, then that's not going to go down well with someone who's clearly as, as ruthless and professional as, as Pep is. And poor Bonnie, just it's not going to work out for Wilf. Where's he going then? Arsenal, apparently. Everton, Swansea, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Denea, I mean, if, if Kolarov's being picked ahead of you, I think you know you, you, you're not going to stay for much longer. Um, it's a shame. It's, it's he a shame. Such, he's had such promise, the boy. It is a shame. And the only thing I've really seen of him was a not particularly great performance for Belgium. Yep. But then the whole of Belgium team didn't play very well. Um, and I wouldn't want to judge him on that. But for whatever reason, Gordiola's obviously made his decision there. So important games, uh, Steve, Stephen says, in terms of... Uh, so Bucharest, we can't, we can't not get through, can we? We cannot ignore it. There's a threat there, definitely. Any team that has got as far as they have in the competition, um, they've come, I think they've come in, they haven't had to play any qualifiers such as us, but you know, they're obviously a dangerous team, otherwise they wouldn't be there. So I think we've got to watch our backs tomorrow. And who's going to play then? Do, could, I suppose Joe could play in goal, couldn't he? You could pick him. It's not very likely, is it, really, if, if 
what we read is right, I can't see it. Yeah, it's really hard to say. Yeah. Because could, he could easily play the same team as he did at the weekend yeah. and see if they've gelled a bit more and spent more time on the pitch together. He could make an argument, or he could change formation. He could go back to something more routine, maybe have Fernando in there, mm. away from home in a, a Champions League game. He could have Delphin. Um, it, it's hard He's, to say. He, he, was, he was saying, um, he was quoted as saying that the number of games they've played in a short space of time might be a little bit too much given the early, you know, the fact that it's that early in the season, some of the fitness levels might not be quite there. So he kind of hinted that he might be changing things around a little bit. I, I guess Navas will play either for Sterling or Nolito. Yeah. Otamendi, I'd, I'd be surprised if they didn't play him. I think it might be Stones and Otamendi at the back. But then you could have Kolarov at left back slash centre mid, who knows? Be exciting. He could be an inverted fullback, couldn't he? Again, I think he's just inverted. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about Stoke away at the weekend? Then let's let's move twelve twelve thirty kickoff at and, the Bet Three Six Five Stadium. Is it renamed really? from the Britannia? Sure. Not the fu- not the Fan Jewel Stadium. Then to give not them yet. another plug, they could. They're not sponsoring any. They're just sponsoring us, I think, at the moment. But who knows where that's going to go? A few people so. sign up. Exactly. With a promo uh, code Man City Stoke, show. Stoke away. <laughs> yeah, Stoke away. Well, Stoke away, <laughs> as we were discussing. <laughs> notoriously tricky game for us. But actually, probably similar to Sunderland playing away at City first game of the season, it might not be the worst thing to get Stoke away out of the way when the weather might still be fairly warm. Because we know, was it last year it was bitterly cold and snowing and hailing and we just couldn't cope? Actually, on an August pleasant summer's day it, it it might be a decent time to play them you feeling confident about stoke away yeah i mean stoke's always a difficult game isn't it regardless um, they 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 tend to sort of they're a different team to what they used to be but it's mark hughes and he'd love to stick one over on us again especially seeing as we're on our sort of third manager since he was there final word from you then lisa yeah i think it's always difficult for us at stoke but i think it's actually really good for guardiola to see these teams this and the style of play that he might not be expecting early on and we might lose I'll, I can live with that as long as I don't get hammered Listen, we've got uh, a lot of football to, to get through before we're back on air with you uh, so it's huge thanks to Lisa Rabinowitz, uh, Stephen Allwise of You From A Blue and Steve Cox, this is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon Sports Social Podcast Network